0: You may be seated just for a moment while I say how much of an honor it is to be here at Mile High Conference again for the past few years. We've been here and it's a highlight of our year to have the privilege to come and preach to this good church and to be with so many old friends Uh, from the time I was uh, just a young boy. I have some great memories here at Calvary Apostolic Church. For the past 30 years, my father has brought me to this meeting. And I have been familiar with this church. And hearing great preachers preach from this pulpit. I know what it is to sit in this congregation in the day service. And hear Bishop Morris Golder exhort for three and a half to four hours every day. And I'll sleep under the front pew a little while and then make my way to the balcony and he's still preaching and go out and play a little while and come back in and he's still preaching. And then he'll read his text and then go back out and come in and he's still preaching some more. Anybody remember them days? Brother Golder and uh, he preached from in the beginning God for four or five days. Amen. So that's the kind of preaching that I grew up on and that's the kind of memories that I have here and I see a lot of old friends. Thank God for old familiar faces that I see this morning. It's just my distinct honor to have the opportunity to be here and to be here with so many good preacher friends uh, that are going to preach to me this week. I came to be a blessing but I want to be blessed as well man, and I'm looking so forward to hear Brother Balastera preach in a few moments. Um, my preaching is likened to the cross-eyed discus thrower. I'm not going to set many records, but I promise I'll keep the crowd watching while I'm at work. Amen. So it's good to be here with my father as well. We don't often we he lives a mile and a half from it but we don't often get to be together in church most of the time it's in canada or uh, washington or california we cross one another's paths but i'm glad to be with him today you know the first commandment with promise was honor your father and mother that your days may be long and i don't believe in uh, dishonoring your earthly father nor dishonoring your spiritual father Both have the promise of longevity of life. Amen. So I esteem him very highly today. And I come from a long line of preachers. My father, my grandfather that's 82 years old. And um, he preceded me in pastoring the church that I pastor. He pastored there for 50 years. And I give him honor this morning as well. Amen. I want to go into the word of the Lord. In the book of Genesis chapter 32 and verse number 26, give honor to elder brother Haman. I appreciate him so very much and his books that he has written. I read them quite often and then uh, to uh, your fine pastor, brother Haman, a good friend of mine that I appreciate so very much. Amen. And I want the Holy Ghost to move in this house today. How many of you want to touch from the Holy Ghost this morning? Amen. I'm here with so many good friends, and uh, I don't want to call so many names, but I'm just among good company this morning, and I want to be a blessing to you, and I want the Holy Ghost to speak to you today. Uh, Let's back up to verse number 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. I want to preach to us this morning from the subject, Jacob's Complex. Jacob's Complex. We deal with men and women in describing them in many different ways. Uh, we... Can label people by their reputation. A reputation is what others think about you. Whether it's true or whether it's false, your reputation is what others say you are. And then uh, we deal with labeling people by their character. Your character is not your reputation because your character is who you are even when you're all alone. And we are what we are when we're all by ourselves. And then we can label people by their complex. Your complex is not your reputation. Your complex is not your character, but your complex is who you think you are. Complex being defined is a fixed idea. Complex is an obsessive notion. We deal with, in our families, oft times sibling rivalries, and it, it deals out superiority complexes. The superiority complex means that I think I'm better than everybody else. It doesn't mean others think I'm better. It doesn't mean uh, that I'm better it just means that my complex says I'm better than everybody else. And then we deal with inferiority complexes. Inferiority complexes are uh are in people that say I could never be as good as somebody else. No way I can achieve what others have achieved. Nonetheless your complex is not your reputation. It's not really who you are, but it can shape your reputation. It can mold you into being the person you're going to become, but it's actually what you think about yourself. Jacob had a complex. Jacob's complex was he was not going to stop short of the things that he wanted out of life. Whether they belonged to him or not, he was going to get what he wanted out of life. Every morning in Africa, a lion wakes up. He knows that he must run faster than the slowest gazelle or he's going to starve to death. And every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up and he knows that he must run faster than the fastest lion or he'll lose his life. It makes no difference whether you're a lion or you're a gazelle, but when the sun comes up, you better hit the ground running. Our text finds us at a time in Jacob's life where Esau is running before him. Esau's running for his revenge. His uncle and his father-in-law Laban are running behind him. He's running after his idols that have gone missing. And Jacob's stuck in the middle, but Jacob's running for his life. His life is much more important than Esau's revenge and Laban's idols. Esau is coming for that revenge that he promised Jacob. The next time I see you, you're going to die. Jacob is reaping the harvest of the evil seeds that he has sown. The past has finally caught up with him and it's reckoning day. No matter who you are in this church this morning, you cannot bypass the law of the harvest. Not a one of us are going to cheat the seeds that we have sown. He that soweth through the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And he that soweth through the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. The law of the harvest cannot be cheated. And before I commit to you this broad heading of Jacob's complex, let me say to you that Esau was the choicest of the two brothers. Esau stood for the mere man of the earth. In many respects, he was a nobler man, naturally, than Jacob was. If you women had to choose between Jacob and Esau babysitting your children, Esau would have been the first choice. In fact, if you would uh, let the two brothers sit by your purse while you went out of this building today, Jacob would not have been your first choice. Some articles would have been missing when you came back. However, Esau lacked the main ingredient that was necessary to receive the birthright. Because Esau was destitute of faith. He despised the birthright because it was a spiritual thing. And it took faith to apprehend it. Uh, Jacob's very name meant supplanter. It meant to take by force. And it meant that he was a schemer and he was a conniver. He would trip you up and he would overthrow you. This man, Jacob, had many problems. But God said in Isaiah 55 and 11... So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. And God told Rebekah, Jacob's mother, that there are two nations in thy womb. Uh, there's two worlds in thy womb. And Rebecca, I want you to know that the elder is going to serve the younger. Not just in the natural, but also in the spiritual, the elder has got to serve the younger. Let me preach to everybody this morning, whether you're uh, new in church or whether you have lived for God any length of time, let me encourage you that you can live a victorious life. The elder can serve the younger. You can live a life above rebellion. And the flesh can come under the subjection of the spirit. The Bible said that sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. But before you can live a life above rebellion and before you can live a life in victory and freedom, there first has to be a death in your life. That's the importance of the altar. You cannot bypass the altar when you uh, come to God because the altar is the meeting place with God and the altar is where everything has got to die out. You can't put new wine in old skins. Jesus said the new wine is vibrant. Jesus said the new wine is alive. And, and if you would put this new wine into old skins, then this new, this new wine that's alive would burst the skins. And it would waste out on the ground. He is in reference to our spiritual man. You can't put a new move of God. You can't put a fresh anointing. You can't put a new unction into an old man. You've got to kill that old man. You've got to die out to the flesh. You've got to die out to that old carnal nature. And you've got to be a brand new person in Christ Jesus. For the life of me I can't understand Why modern day religion Would want to do away with the altar Why we would want to downplay The importance of the altar The altar is the most important Place in your life The altar is not for the sinner But the altar is for the saint of God The altar is for a man that doesn't know God And the altar is for a man or a woman That's lived for God their entire lives Amen Abraham was an altar builder Noah was an altar builder Every a body that meant anything to God was an altar builder. We got to have that fresh altar experience in our life each and every day that we live for God. Amen. I've come to this place this morning and you come to this place and you need a fresh word from God. Amen. Where you're going to get that word from God is in an altar of repentance. It's in a place where you're going to meet with God and tell him I'm not going to let you go until you bless me God. Oh let's clap our hands and magnify him this morning. Somebody said, I don't need an altar. Everything's all right. Everybody needs an altar. It doesn't mean you're perfect. Uh, they'll take some things in your life. It'll take years to get some stuff right after you come to God. But I do tell you that to this day that God can set you free in one moment's time. In one night, the largest jailbreak in history, when God emancipated over three and a half million Israelites out of the land of Egypt. He set them free in one night with the blood on the doorposts and on the littles. But it took over 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. Hey Amen. Don't don't worry this morning if you don't have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. You just keep coming to the house of God. You just keep being faithful to church. You just keep listening to the preacher preach to you. And I want you to know everything's gonna be alright. Don't quit on God. Don't quit the church because you don't have everything just right. Hey Amen. And don't be so quick to judge somebody. Hey Amen. If you've been here in of time if they don't just right and such were some of you but you've been washed such were some of you amen I may not be what I want to be but thank God I'm not what I used to be there's a brand new man uh, walking in my shoes this morning amen such were some of you but you've been washed but you've been sanctified but you've been justified by the blood of a lamb amen hallelujah Jesus I feel like telling somebody this morning you need a complex that said I I don't have it all together God but I want you to know I'm not going to let you go until you give me what I need. I'm not going to let you go until I get the blessing that I need. I'm not going to let you go to you heal me. I'm not going to let you go to you bless me. I'm not going to let you go to I get a miracle. I'm not going to let you go God. Amen. Some things, some things died in Jacob that night. His pride had to go that night. His schemes had to die that night. His haughtiness died that night. Everything that was wrong with Jacob had to go that night. Because no man can have a divine encounter with God and ever be the same again. We have a tendency to speak of Jacob's evil years and reaping the harvest of his evil seeds. And Jacob had ran long enough If God didn't help him tonight, then he has no promise of tomorrow. So Jacob just made up in his mind that I'm not letting you go until I get what I need today. You've got to meet that place in your life. Hear me this morning. You've got to meet that place in your life where nobody is going to come between you and God. Nobody's going to rob you of your blessing. Hey man, you've got to come to that place in your life where you say, Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. And if mama don't go, I'm going on anyhow. And if Betty don't go, I'm going on anyhow. And if my brothers and sisters don't go I want everybody to be saved with me But I want you to know my going on Is not predicated upon who's going with me But my going on Is predicated upon who I'm going to see Hallelujah Hallelujah So no matter what I'm going through, I'm holding on to God. Amen. I noticed the theme of this meeting today is a battle to win. And the only way you're going to win is if you've got a made up mind. The only way you're going to win is if you get the mindset of Paul. That was a complex that said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. I'll have you know this morning that Paul wrote that letter to Philippi while he was sitting in a jail, not knowing if he'd ever be set free or not but he said if I'm in jail or if I'm preaching to thousands of people I'm made up in my mind I will just take what God gives me i will learn wherever I am to be content if I've got money in my pocket if I don't have any money in my pocket if the church is having revival if the church is cold and dry I'm made up in my mind that I'm going all the way with Jesus hallelujah hallelujah I might fall in but a Jacob complex says to a woman with an issue of blood, for 12 young long years of perpetual blood flow, she could not go into the tabernacle. She had no relationships at all because of the issue of blood. But she made up in her mind, I'm going to get to where Jesus is. And there's no crowd that's going to keep me to getting to where Jesus is. There's no press that's going to keep me from getting to my miracle. If I can but touch the hem of His." garment, uh, I think everything's gonna be alright. Amen. And God uh, make sure there's some press uh, to keep you from getting to Him very easily uh, because the Bible said we must through much uh, tribulation uh, enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, You make up in your mind it don't matter how much trouble I gotta go through, uh, I'm gonna get my miracle. Uh, It don't matter how much tribulation I go through, uh, I'm gonna get to where Jesus is. Jacob complex said to a Syrophoenician woman, Master, my daughter's vexed with an evil spirit. Oh, and Jesus ignored her. Hey, man, I can take a lot of things, but I don't like nobody to ignore me. The Bible said that Jesus ignored her and turned to his disciples and said it's not meet to cast the children's bread unto the dogs. And even this Sire, woman hearing Jesus call her a dog, I said, "Yea, Lord, but even the dogs desire the crumbs that fall down from the masters table. And Jesus looked back at her and said, I haven't seen this greater faith. Whatever you want from this very hour, it belongs to you. You know what happened? She got a complex that said, you can't offend me. You can't offend me by ignoring me. You can't offend me by hurting my feelings. But I will tell you, my daughter needs a healing today. She's got devils in her life. She's got problems that nobody can fix. And I'm not leaving here until I get what I need from you. Amen. Your mind's got to be made up. Your heart's got to get fixed. That I've got to get to that place where I'm going to get my blessing. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 35. Paul is writing to this church at Rome and he's asking them some thought provoking questions and he wants to know. He said I just got some questions for you. Who? shall separate us from the love of Christ. If you've, got, if you've got a plan B in your life for living for God, hey man, then I want you to know you're not going to live for God very long at all. Because if you've got a plan A, all you've got to have is a plan A, and nothing else will ever work if you've got options. Somebody said, well, if the preacher does this, I'm out of here. And if she does that again, I'm out of here. You're not going to be here very long, I'll tell you that. you got to make up in your mind nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. which is in Christ Jesus. Who shall separate? Shall tribulation. Jesus said in this world you shall have tribulation. He's talking to an agrarial culture and he's using an agrarial agrarial term in telling them you shall have tribulation. And it was at the time of the harvest That the harvesters would go to the threshing floor and they would use a long instrument called a tribulum about six to eight feet in length and they would thrash the wheat and the wheat that was heavier matter would stay down here and the chab which was lighter would go away with the wind but that that tribulum the process was called tribulation. Jesus said in this world you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have the constant pressure you're going to have the constant coming against you there's going to be friends that's going to attack you there's going to be family that's going to talk about you there's going to be people in the church amen that may not agree with you oh but he didn't stop there he said but be of good cheer and then he went on to say beloved think it not strange this fiery trial which is to try your faith oh but rejoice and that you're in the same crowd that Jesus was in Beloved What manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us That we should be called the sons of God Ah, Therefore the world knoweth us not Because it knew him not Isn't it something how modern day Pentecostals Are trying to be so accepted by the world That we're trying to blend in with the world Amen The world will never understand us They'll never understand us It takes faith to get in here And through faith we understand that the world would frame by the word of god that's why hebrews 11 and 6 said without faith it is impossible to please him or he that cometh to god must believe that he is i want to preach to every young man and young woman today and tell you the world's never going to understand you you just got to make up in your mind i'm going to please god it don't matter who likes it or don't like it i'm going to live for god it don't matter if they understand me or not i'm living for god that's why i'm in this t- this morning amen rejoice not against me O mine enemy for when i fall i shall arise amen many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord knows how to deliver them out of them all he didn't say that it'd be a way of ease He didn't say that it would be uh, just uh, paved roads all the time and clear skies all the time. Nothing could be further... From the truth this morning. But he did say many are the afflictions of the righteous. And he did say weeping may endure for a night. But he didn't stop there. He went on to say that joy cometh in the morning. And he went on to say when the enemy comes in like a flood. The spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. You know I don't mind fighting for God this morning. Because I know God's on my side. And he said when the enemy comes in. I will run up that battle flag. That's what the standard was. And I'm going to let out the war cry and let you know that I'm going to fight your battles for you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? I'm going to change it a little bit right there. And tell you, since God is for us, then who who can be against us? Hallelujah, Jesus. From Jacob, Jacob complex. From Jacob to Israel. From supplanter to a prince with God. But we call him jacob god didn't call him jacob anymore god called him israel because we want to label everybody as their past and we want to label everybody as their failures but god don't label you as your failure if any man be in christ first Corinthians, 5 and 17 he is a new creature and all things are passed away and all things are made new Amen. We either believe the Word of God or we don't believe the Word of God. And we either believe and forgive and forget Christianity or we don't believe in it. But there's some folks walking around knowing things about us that God doesn't even know anymore because God put them under the blood and God forgave us of them. And who are we to hold grudges? And who are we, amen, to bring up the past every time battles come up? I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to get baptized with the Spirit of God this morning that says, God doesn't label you as your failure. God labels you as your regeneration. God labels you in the new birth. It's the job of the devil. So if you always bring up the problems of yesterday with folks in a fight, you're doing the job of the devil because it's the job of the devil to bring up your past. It's. It's the, it's the plan of the enemy to get you living life in the context of your first birth. Your first birth is man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Hey man, Nothing but scheming and lying and, and, and conniving. But God doesn't want you to live life in the context of your first birth. God wants you to live life in the context of your second birth. The first man is of the earth earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy, and as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. I took on the image of Adam in my first birth, but I took on the image of Jesus in my second birth. So I don't live like I used to live. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't go where I used to go. I don't dress like I used to dress. I don't act like I used to act. There's something different about me because of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Paul even goes a step further in Philippians 3 and 13. He said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Not just the evil. Somebody said, forget about your past. Paul said, not just the evil, but I'm forgetting that I was a Benjamite. I'm forgetting that I sat at the feet of Gamaliel. I'm forgetting my pedigree. You know, when you come to God, if we're not careful, we'll think that our talent and our money really mean something to God. Paul said, forget about your pedigree, Paul. Forget about what you used to be. Not just the bad, how you would murder Christians, but forget about the good that you used to be as well. Because the church don't need you, you need the church. Back up a little bit and say it again. The church don't need you. You need the church. Since I'm in Denver, I'll say the church doesn't need you, but you need the church. Hallelujah. If we're not careful, we think we're really something. You know what? I thought some folks, the church couldn't go on without them but I watched what happened to them and the church went on. In fact, the church went further than they thought it ever would go because sometimes we just need a good old house washing. Amen. Every good starch and iron Christian needs a good ringing out sometime of the Holy Ghost to let them know we're not really all that. And there were six of seven things that God hated. The seventh thing was an abomination and of those six was pride that headed the And the seventh thing that was abominable was one that sowed discord among the brethren. Amen. And you watch out for that proud man. And you watch out for that haughty man. Amen. You know what? They're just stuck on themselves. You need to take you off the throne and crown him king of kings and him lord of lords. And recognize that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. What dost thou have that thou didst not receive? And if thou receivest it, why are you boasting as if you receivest it not? We don't have anything that, except God gave it to us. All that I am. All that I hope to be. I owe it all to Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Paul, when you come to God, that means nothing. Just give it all to God. Just give it all to God. Luke 9 and 48 said, He that is least among you shall the same shall be great. What changed it that day with Paul? I'll tell you what changed it. An encounter with deity struck him down with blindness. Who are you, Paul? It's kind of hard for you to kick against the pricks. The prick, it was the goads. It was something that was used, the instrument that was behind the ox. Whenever the ox was plowing, the stubborn ox would stop. And every time he'd stop, the man that's, that's driving the, the team of oxen, those goads that were long and pointed with nails behind those goads would poke them. And it'd make them go further. He said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Stop fighting me, Paul. Stop resisting me. Don't resist God. If God has something for you to do, don't resist God. If God has a calling for you If God has a work for you to do Don't resist God I'll tell you There's nobody more miserable In all the world Than somebody that God Has given a job Or a talent in the kingdom And they sit down And won't do what God Told them to do Amen If God has given you a calling If God has given you something Amen That is good for the kingdom And edifying the body Then don't sit down On your blessing But let God use you And you just be a vehicle So God can bring others To the truth Amen. I'm not ashamed of who I am. I am what I am by the grace of God. I'm I'm the best me that I know. Nobody can be like me and I can't be like anybody else. I just want to be what God called me to be. And if you be what God called you to be, Amen, God called you for the kingdom for such a time as this. And I'm telling you, God has something for everybody in this building to do today. Amen. I look at men today. Men in my church that raised in church and backslid and spent several years out of the church came back to the church, got on fire for God. And this past Sunday morning, uh, one of my bus captains that spent about twenty years away from the church, one of my bus captains brought thirty-five people to church on one of his buses. You know what? For years the devil had sat on his talents. For years the devil had caused him to squander what he called him to do. Hey, man, you know what? God. God is not looking for a man that can live right without him. God's not looking for a husband or a wife that can be a good husband or wife without him. God's not looking for young people that can be good young people without Him. You're nothing without God. But God, Paul said three times, I sought for Him to remove this thorn in my flesh. But He said, God answered him and said, My grace is sufficient for you. He didn't name the thorn so we could all relate to it. Whatever I'm going through, just know that my grace is sufficient for you. God's not looking for somebody that can do it right without Him. But God's looking for a man that that God can get down on the end inside of him and live right through him and God's looking for a husband that says I can't be the husband I need to be without you but if I can get the Holy Ghost I can be the husband I need to be because his grace is sufficient for me Amen. an encounter with deity when you have that encounter with God you'll never be the same again Bible said he touched him in the hollow of his thigh and he walked with a limp the rest of his life. Ezekiel 46 and 9 said, When the people of the land shall come before the land in the solemn feasts, he that enter them by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. He that goeth out by the way of the south gate and enter them by the way of the south gate shall go out by the way of the north gate. The east, the west, the west, the east. The purpose was don't leave the same way you came. In fact, nobody can leave the presence of God the same way they came. You're either going to leave blessed or you're going to leave disappointed. But nobody can come into an apostolic church and ever be the same again. It'll change you for eternity. You ought to make up in your mind, I'm going to leave different from what I came today. I'm not going to leave the same way I came. Amen. And God won't even let your enemies leave the same way that they come in. In Deuteronomy 28 and 6, he said that your enemy would come in one way and they go out seven different ways. God won't let you leave the same way and God will make your enemies be scattered when they come in against you. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm glad that God's on my side. Amen. I'm glad with everything inside of me that when I come to the house of God, I recognize that somebody can leave with a healing in their body. Amen. I thank God the other day in one of our altar services a woman came up to the altar uh, and said I, I I've got a bad report uh, and there's uh, there's there's just a bad report there's a lump uh, in in one of my breasts that I want you to pray for me uh, and I'm going in in the morning and and we're going to have the surgery or whatever she was going to do the procedure uh, and we laid hands on her that night and believed God to, to perform a miracle in her body uh, and she went to the doctor the next morning and said we can't find nothing uh, there's nothing here there's going to be no surgery there's going to be no procedures uh, I telling you that God's in the miracle working business and if you make up in your mind, I'm coming here for a blessing, I'm coming here for a miracle and I'm not leaving till I get what I came for, let me encourage you that God can fix your problems and God can heal your body today. If you believe God's a healer why don't you clap unto him right now? (laughs) Amen. The blind eye openers Uh, the death beer unstoppers in the house uh, the dead raisers in the house uh, the revivers in the house uh, the Holy Ghost of God is in this house uh, and nothing's too hard for God to do uh, for unto him who is able uh, to do exceeding abundantly uh, above all that we're able to ask or think uh, according to the power that worketh in us amen when you have an encounter with God you'll never be the same again when you have an encounter with God I can remember that place. I can take you to the place and I can tell you now the time. Uh, 28 years ago in Baton Rouge Louisiana, had a little altar amen, with orange carpet and had chewing gum in my mouth at 6 years old but I went to that altar with tears on my face. Amen. I remember God filling me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and I never was the same again. Amen. In five generations of one God apostolic Pentecostals. But it didn't stop with me, uh, but it came on down to my 14-year-old girl and my 12-year-old boy uh, and my 6-year-old boy uh, that represents six generations uh, of one God apostolic tongue talkers uh, because they got to that place in their life uh, where I want to leave different uh, than what I came. Uh, Amen. It it may may have been at this altar. uh, It may have been at a camp meeting, uh, but everybody can go back to that place in their life uh, just like Jacob did uh, where he wrestled with that angel uh, and that angel wrestled some things out of him and he never was the same again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Don't leave the same way you came. Don't leave the same way you came. Hallelujah. We did a Bible study with a, a woman who two children we were going to baptize on our buses. Did the Bible study with her? And she said, We're going to see what these children's getting into. Well, come on, we're going to explain it. John 3, 5, Acts two thirty eight, Romans 6, on down the line. And before they got baptized, uh, the stepdaddy was there. But the daddy had to get involved to give consent for the children to get baptized. Ain't going to baptize my children in no cult. We're Catholic. We're Catholic. Ain't been to mass in 40 years, but we're Catholic. Good Catholics. So I said alright, come on in. So we finished the Bible study with the daddy and the stepdaddy. To make a long story short, I baptized the boy, the girl, the daddy, and the stepdaddy. Because you can't come into the presence of God and leave the same way you come. You're going to leave better. You're going to leave worse. But I'm telling you, we've got the only message that can change this generation. We've got the only message. This is not a message. This is the message of the hour. This is not a truth. This is the truth. There's only one thing that's right, and this is it. There's not a half a dozen ways to God. There's only one way to God. There's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who's above all, through all and in you all. I'm glad I know a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, demons have got to tremble. At the name of Jesus, sickness has got to flee. At the name of Jesus, amen. Whatever you need can be changed. The revelation of the mighty God in Christ is a revelation that there's not a trinity. I said the revelation of the mighty God in Christ is a revelation that there's not three separate and distinct persons in a Godhead. Jesus is not in the Godhead. The Godhead is in Jesus. Colossians 1, 19, 2 and 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. John 17 and 6. Jesus said, I manifested thy name on earth. Verse 11 of John 17. Thine own name, those which thou hast given me. In John 5 and 43. The name of the Father was Jesus. I've come in my Father's name. In Matthew 1 and 21. The name of the Son was Jesus. She said it going to call his name Jesus. To save his people from their sins. And the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus, John 14 and 26 but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom my Father will send in my name so when I baptize somebody I baptize them the way Matthew 28 and 19 told me to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost which is Jesus Christ for neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved Four, Romans 6 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Know you not that so many as you were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? If I'm going to baptize you in the title of Father, I got to show you where the Father died. Only one problem with that, the Father's eternal. He can't die. I gotta show you where the Holy Ghost died. Only one problem with that. Luke 24, 39, a spirit hath not flesh and bones you see me have. The spirit couldn't die, but I can show you where Jesus died. Yeah. I can show you where he was buried and where he resurrected on Easter Sunday morning, 72 hours later. So when we baptize, uh, hey man, it's not, it's not up for question nor debate. Uh, not to say that our doctrine cannot withstand uh, the most scrutinized uh, debates that anybody would bring against us. Uh, this gospel is tried and true. It's proven uh, for the past 2,000 years. Uh, there's nothing that can defeat it. Uh, there's nothing that can stop it. Uh, they tried to destroy it in Rome's arenas, uh, but they couldn't destroy it. Uh, they tried to burn it at the stake, but they couldn't burn it at the stake. They tried, amen. They clubbed you to death. Paul got his head chopped off, but he ran to the chopping block. Somebody was crucified upside down, and others had died of trials of cruel mockings. You know, if all we read was the Old Testament about the many heroes of faith, and we didn't read them in the context of their new birth in the New Testament, then we would uh, we'd be sadly disappointed by the time the Bible gets to Hebrews 11 with the many heroes of faith. Hey man, if we read about Abraham dying in the faith but if we just look back at the book of Genesis, we would have never understood that Abraham was a liar. He was disobedient to the commandment of God. He hurried up the promises of God and Abraham made many mistakes but God doesn't label him on that side of his failures. God just said he staggered not, he considered not and he was fully persuaded because Abraham made up in his Mind, something's going to change in me. Amen. It shall come to pass. You can be changed this morning. It shall come to pass. Ezekiel 4 7 and 9. That everything that liveth. Which moveth whithersoever the river shall come. Shall live and there shall be a great multitude of fish. Because these waters shall come thither. And they shall be healed and everything shall live. Whither the river cometh. Amen. everything that this river comes in contact with uh, has got to live rich poor ugly pretty It don't matter middle class, wealthy. It don't matter who you are. Everything that this river comes in contact with can change. You know, God can't force himself on nobody. They've got to make up in their mind that we're going to get to where the blessing is. you got to want to be where Jesus is more than where you are. And there was a lame man that was born of four that said we can't get to where he is because the doors are crowded, the windows are blocked. Oh they got a Jacob complex and they climbed up on the roof of that house and they started tearing the shingles off and they lowered him down to where Jesus is and Jesus said thy sins be forgiven thee he came in with his back on the bed but he left out with a bed on his back you can leave different than what you came today if you make up in your mind that you're not leaving the same way you came amen Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Ghost changes everything, doesn't it? Without, we're fighting. Within, we're fierce. Nevertheless, God. Every one of us has got to have a nevertheless moment. With God, there's always a nevertheless moment. There are many that have erred concerning the truth. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands assured. It don't matter who turns their back on the truth of God's word. God has always had a people. God has always had a people. You know why? God's always had a man. God's always had an Elijah. That was stand before 450 prophets of Baal. And he said, You've halted between two opinions long enough. If Baal is God, serve him and go to hell. But if Jehovah's God, then serve him. But let the God that answered by fire consume the sacrifice. And he said, Drench it several times with water. And the fire came down. And he licked up the water out of the trenches. And consumed the sacrifice. You know what I found to prove? that the fire That fire can fall fresh from heaven. Is if we keep on putting a fresh sacrifice on the altar. Amen. Keep on putting a fresh sacrifice of praise. Keep on putting a fresh sacrifice of anointing. Keep on putting fresh worship on the altar. And fresh prayers to the throne room. And the fire from heaven will fall in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah Jesus. Hallelujah. Stand with me across the building this morning. Jacob complex. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jacob was changed completely. Jacob was changed completely. Genesis 48 and 13. By the time you get 20 chapters later, Joseph took them both. Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand. Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand. And brought them near unto him. And Israel didn't call him Jacob. Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head who was the younger and his left hand upon Manasseh's head guiding his hands wittingly for Manasseh was the firstborn. Jacob learned from his daddy's mistakes which Esau didn't learn. On purpose he swapped the hands and he gave the birthright. To the younger son. Because he learned my daddy didn't get it right. Even Abraham got it wrong with Ishmael. But he said, I'm going to give the birthright to the younger one this time. Because the elder shall serve the younger. You may have failed in times past. You may have walked into this service this morning. Not even knowing if there is a God. Or ever knowing if you could ever speak with tongues again. Or even knowing if you can feel God again. But if you get the complex that Jacob had. If you'll get that Jacob complex, God will change you to Israel. He'll make you a prince with Him. Somebody needs what I'm preaching this morning. Peter sinned, so did Judas. Both were very sorry for their sins. Judas went and hanged himself. Peter repented and he had the keys to open up the door to the church on the day of Pentecost. Man, because he made up in his mind, my failures are not going to define me. God's going to define me. Are you going to let your failures define you today? Are you going to let the times that you came to this altar and not felt God, are you going to let that define you? Are you going to get a hold of the horns of the altar and wrestle with that angel and say, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. There's some things I need wrestled out of me, and I'm not letting you go until you get them out of me. We need revival in 2012. We need an in-gathering of the lost. And there's soul winners represented on these pews today. Soul winners need to make up in your mind, I'm going to win somebody to God. How many times are you going to walk out, husband? How many times are you going to walk out of the presence of God, wife? Going back to the fighting, the arguing, the bitterness, the bickering, the murmuring and complaining. How many times are you going to walk out? You need to get an obsessive notion today that I'm going to leave this conference different than what I can. I need thee, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. The word has gone forth. Don't let it fall on fallow ground, but let it fall on good soil today as we respond to the word of God. God, give us this complex today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Anybody need something from God today? Anybody need a healing? Anybody need a miracle? I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Others may, but I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. What about it today, husband, wife? Son, daughter, what about it today? In the name of Jesus. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Here I am, Lord. Oh, move me with your spirit
1: once again. so long since I've been moved within. Oh, take me back once more to Calvary.
0: So bad once more your message moves me. You know what I feel in the Holy Ghost? There's some families. There's some families I want to pray for collectively. Husband, wife, children. You're represented. I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. There's some problems. There's some fighting. There's some striving. God wants to wrestle that out of you today. If you'll let Him. You're just about 20 steps away from your miracle today. We've got time before Brother Ballister preaches. Amen. If you want to come to this altar, let's pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
1: Once again. It's been so long since I've been moved.
0: name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on fix your mind on God, get this fixation on Jesus Just give the Lord a praise, offering, a thanksgiving Together, thank you, Savior Thank you for your word Jesus, I thank you so much, oh God For the
1: spoken word to me Thank you, Lord God Praise you, Lord God. you your Lord God
0: Lord, let your word be That which goes forth out of your mouth Lord, you said so shall it be so shall
1: my Lord be that goeth out of my mouth. Lord, let your word not return void, but accomplish.